wonderful guest standing by. Standing by is UC Irvine School of Education Dean, Dr. Frances Contreras. She officially began her tenure as Dean of the University of California, Irvine School of Education, January 1st, 2022. She's the third dean in school history. Contreras is the first Chicana Latina dean to head a school of education in the University of California system. Welcome to the show, Dean. Hi. Thank you so much for thank joining us. Yes, thank you so much for having me. Um, I really appreciate the opportunity to have a conversation with you this morning. Well, it was wonderful hearing you speak at the Eclipse event, and we'll get into that a little later on. Um, but I love what you had to say. And uh, t- before we jump in, tell me about your journey to becoming dean. I know you were in San Diego for some time. Tell me about that. Yes, yes. So um, I was a professor at UC San Diego for close to a decade and then became the associate vice chancellor for equity, diversity, and inclusion um, and just loved the opportunity to lead in different ways um, on a large university campus. And when this opportunity arose, um, I thought I'd try. And, and, and there and you see, are. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that's right. I thought I'd try and see how it would work out, um, and here I am. Um, so it's just an incredible opportunity to lead a wonderful school and a wonderful group of colleagues and students. Amazing. I want to mention that you also have your bachelor's degree at UC Berkeley, your master's from Harvard University, and a Ph.D. in education from Stanford University. Wow. Incredible. Not incredible as in surprise, but in just incredible accomplishment. I think it's wonderful. Well, thank you. Yes, um, it's been, it's been quite the journey. Um, I started out my first tenure track job was at the University of Washington up in Seattle, mm-hmm. um, and so to have a supportive pre tenure experience, um, and then which led me to, of course, back to California, which is where I'm from, um, is just a true gift. That's wonderful. Were you always passionate about working in education, and if so, did that come early on? You know, I always, I, I was always passionate about um, education. At, at Berkeley, for example, I ran and started um, pipeline programs, efforts to increase the pool of students going on to their uh, graduate degrees. So I found this passion early and decided um, to go to graduate school in, in education, higher education in particular. That's great. I, I, I asked that because I remember being um, a sophomore at Syracuse University and meeting a professor who then became my mentor and I he uh, had me create a major called uh, selective studies and so it was communications from Newhouse and it was the School of Education and I just loved it and I went on to focus on instructional design so it's there's so much in the School of Education Right, right. And, you know, I'm so glad that you pointed to the power of mentorship because Mm -hmm. I had a similar experience. And I feel like I've come full circle because my undergraduate mentor, Dr. Rachel Moran, has had a long career in the law, and she was my McNair mentor. So I was part of the McNair program. So it speaks to the importance of mentorship and programs. But fast forward, she became the first Latina dean to lead um, an R1 law school, which was UCLA, and now she's a distinguished professor at UC Irvine, and so we're literally, our buildings are adjacent to one another, so my undergraduate mentor, I've come full circle in, you know, being very in close proximity to her. That that is so meant to be. (laughs) That is beautiful. (laughs) That is beautiful. Wow. I love that. What a story. Um, So I want to jump into recently... 
I actually saw you at Eclipse, which is an initiative uh, to do with environmental issues and climate change. Tell me about how you got involved in being one of the speakers. Yes, yeah, so um, so the Eclipse uh, initiative, right, the Environmental Change and Climate Literacy Project, is a project housed within the School of Education. Um, in fact, Kelly Lee is the new executive director. Mm-hmm. She also is a colleague um, at the Center for Educational Partnerships, which is under the School of Education. So she and, of course, our, our prestigious faculty member, Richard Aram, who is the former dean of the school, are leading the statewide initiative um, called Eclipse. And um, I was asked, of course, as the, as the new dean of the School of Education and because our school will house the new endowed chair, the Stacey Nicholas Endowed Chair in Environmental Education, um, was asked to provide a few remarks at the event because it, it really will be housed in our school and then we'll start to build capacity, starting with this endowed chair, um, in the area of environmental education and justice. So it's just a really great pairing of yes. practitioner work, partnership work, a statewide initiative paired with um, the research capacity we're building within the school. I love that. And I actually had mentioned to you, and I'm reading more research on this, that when you give students purpose-driven initiatives, you boost positivity and optimism and a sense of resilience, and you're impacting their mental health. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we know that in this time and space, it's so critical for students to engage in efforts that are important to them. And so this next generation, I'm I'm actually hopeful about the state of education when everyone's discussing the challenges. I'm hopeful because I witness the activism every day of our students um, reminding us to be environmentally conscious, reminding us to be critical of the systems um, that we work in, that we live in, and communities that we're creating. So I'm pretty hopeful about the next generation and their commitment right, to the, yes. envir- to the environment and environmental justice in particular. I think that's great. I want to mention, um, because I also read this, there's been a tremendous exodus of teachers. I think the number was over 300,000 have actually left the profession during the pandemic. What would you tell students who are studying to become a teacher about why they, they're in need so much? I mean, this is such an invaluable role right now to build the future. This is a fantastic question, um, and it's one that um, honestly has has um, kept me up at night, right, mm-hmm. the tremendous exodus of teachers during the pandemic. Um, we're seeing class sizes exceeding 30 students, and as a mother of two children in the local public schools, these class sizes are the largest I've ever witnessed. Um, wow. But I'm hopeful because what the exodus means for teachers is that there's also an opportunity. There's also an opportunity to inspire the next generation of future teachers Yes, and to use this demand for teachers to readjust how the teaching population is valued for their yes. expertise. I agree. And so what we've seen in this era of high-stakes accountability is, is what critics have called the deprofessionalization of teachers. And now, I think in this space, we're going to see teachers demand a bit more autonomy, Mm -hmm. a move away from this high-stakes kind of testing um, volume of work environment. And so I also believe it's an opportunity for schools of education like ours to create learning communities for teachers that keeps them inspired, that keeps them engaged, and also serves as an academic home for them where they can bounce ideas off of and troubleshoot um, this new kind of space for teaching. I I couldn't agree more, and I want to share. I met somebody. I I love this girl. She is a young teacher in Queens. Her name is uh, Jessica Alejandro, 
And um, we were talking about the mental health of teachers, especially teachers in training. And she said, you know, I feel like that society, we have to value, show that we value the important role that we do. So I'm hoping that programs will consider that. And as you said, you know, take into account how important they are in society. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then I would also tell teachers to be excited about the possibilities that lie ahead yes. in their profession, that they're going to be able to leverage this time and demand to ensure they're treated as professionals that they are, right, the professionals that they are, Yes. Um, to be appreciated for their passion and expertise. I know as, as a parent that navigated the pandemic mm-hmm. online, um, I had a renewed appreciation. I thought I already appreciated teachers, but I had a renewed appreciation and respect for the um, teaching population because of their constant all-day engagement with children and students. Yes. Um, and just the inspirational um, effect they have on their classroom. Yes. It, it really is a, a skill that we just cannot measure, yes. right? They're, they're working with the next generation in many ways and inspiring them to go off and dream. And you just can't put a price tag on that. Yeah. I thought about that, too. I mean, there was no, you know, teacher prep time to learn how to go online and be on Zoom, you know, every day in the pandemic. And they just had to buckle down and use their creativity and work extra long hours. And mm-hmm. I can't even imagine. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. We, we, owe, we owe them a tremendous thank you, um, but also, you know, um, an investment in, yes. in their long-term, you know, stability, happiness, and engagement with this profession because it's so important, um, the role that they play. Yes. Uh, For students that are new to uh, UCI, the School of Education, um, and I know you're biased, but what makes the School of Education (laughs) so special? I mean, what would you say to incoming freshmen or transfer students? Absolutely. So, you know, so this is one, the School of Education is just this dynamic and innovative space. So from everyone from our faculty, our researchers, our postdocs, our undergraduates, um, our graduate students, um, and our incredible staff, this is a place where um, you want to come and learn, right? And so for undergraduates, um, very few schools of education have research opportunities for their undergraduates, and we actually have a tremendous amount of opportunity for undergraduate research, for undergraduate engagement, um, and they're learning about education from a broader perspective, so it's education sciences, so they're learning about motivation, students are learning about um, you know, pedagogy, math mm-hmm. pedagogy, the language, right, of, of math, multiple languages, um, and so to think about you know, the expertise that we have not only in our faculty but also in our students' affairs staff, it just really is a passionate group of individuals. And it shows, right? This year we broke into the top ten of schools of education. We're number eight as of a week ago globally. I mean, these are um, tremendous accolades that the school has really acquired in a a short time frame. We're only ten years old. We're celebrating as a school our ten-year anniversary this year. But it's a testament to the commitment that all stakeholders have in our school, not only to the next generation, but also to research practice partnerships and to being a community that serves the region. Absolutely. And I think that's what makes it really unique, that we're committed to serving our students, but also having a regional and state impact. And the other thing I want to ask you is, uh, 
Are there things that you could give, you know, as far as advice to students who've been struggling academically? They've already been here a while. Maybe during the pandemic, they've had a hard time. Yes. So this is a this is a tremendous issue that all higher education institutions are facing. But for those college students struggling, um, one is acknowledging that everyone's been struggling, either personally, academically, and definitely socially. Mm-hmm. But what they've lived through is unprecedented. You know, and at a time in their lives where interpersonal connection and communication is so key to friendships and relationships. So I hope this generation regains its optimism in the future because they're going to be the generation to change the current course of political discord, um, of demand. They're, they're going to be the generation to demand environmental justice. Mm-hmm. And they're also the hope that we have to produce new knowledge that's going to make a difference in the lives of so many. I think they're more open, they're more transparent about um, giving back, and also committed to the entire world. Um, and that gives me a sense of hope. So if they've been struggling, I would just like to remind them that, you know, not to be stuck in this moment, per se, that their future, not only at UCI and, and outside, um, is very bright because of what they bring to the table um, and that their unique perspective is a strength. Absolutely. Thank you. I love what you shared. I do want to mention I've had WisePAC on, the Wellness Initiative in Social Ecology. They're coming back on live next week, and uh, they're a great organization for students who do feel like they have been just struggling, maybe emotionally, mentally. Uh, They have a lot of different events they do for students, so um, that'll be on next week. And lastly, I want to ask you personal question. So what do you do to take care of yourself? You have a very busy life. You have this wonderful role at the School of Education, but do you have like some favorite hobbies that maybe your colleagues might not even suspect or something you've just started? (laughs) Right. So this is a (laughs) great question, too. I had to do some thinking um, about this. Um, I'm like, what do I do in my spare time? So I really enjoy, of course, walking with our family, um, getting outside, out in nature. We're new-ish to Orange County. I moved my family um, late this summer in August. And so walking our family dogs through our neighborhoods and learning new trails is is always a a joy. Um, Carting our children around, to be honest, getting them involved in soccer. We're about to start gymnastics. So there's nothing like having children to humble you. And so what I do for myself (laughs) is honestly relive childhood through their eyes. Um, And so we'll go to bookstores and libraries and just really we're in this exploratory phase, which is so fun when you move to a new region. Um, And and so I think my self-care is honestly just trying to relive being a kid going to pumpkin patches, right, oh, enjoying the, the light shows that are about to happen for the holidays. Um, I'm really trying to soak in these seasons, uh, particularly in this, this, this new area of Orange County. That's beautiful. There is so much to do, from the pumpkins to great, you know, the, we have the Great Park, and there's different activities to do. And I think staying active, you know, mentally, physically, really helps boost mood when you do get stressed. Absolutely. Absolutely. Anything else you'd like listeners to know about you before we wrap up? Yeah, I would, I would love for them to know that not only myself, but I, I'm committed to leading a school of education here at UC Irvine that prioritizes authentic engagement, that prioritizes community connection, and that we utilize our cutting-edge research to inform practice and policy, that we want to be a, a school that serves the broader community. So I hope that they feel at home when they come to visit, come to a talk, or engage with any of our faculty. 
Fantastic. And where can they find out more about you? Uh, yes, on our School of Education website. Okay. Um, Perfect. So UCI, uci.edu. Okay. And I did put your bio and uh, the great welcome uh, from Dean Francis Contreras on my show blog, which is getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. I want to thank you so much. I've really enjoyed this. Yes, thank you so much. And it's education.uci.edu. Perfect. All right. Thank you again. Okay, my pleasure. Be well. Take care. Bye-bye. If you missed any part of this conversation uh, with Dean Dr. Francis Contreras, you can uh, check this out. Well, check this out. You can go to the show blog within an hour after I wrap, and there'll be a podcast link to listen. And again, there's a video clip of her, and her bio is on there now. Uh, Sheldon Abbott is standing by with Cure for the Blues at the top of the hour. I'm Janine, and you've been listening to Get the Funk Out. If you want to find out about being a guest... Uh, just send me an email to Janine, J-A-N-E-A-N-E, at KUCI.org. Have a great Monday, everybody. I'll be back next week. Mm-hmm.